there's the uh, there was a vigil last night for Tyree, the, the guy who was killed by law enforcement in Memphis, and the funeral's coming up in the White House. You know, they're announcing that that Kamala is going to be there. Has Kamala been to the funeral of any police officers who were murdered? Particularly those in which it was premeditated, where police officers were deliberately lured into a situation so that they could be assassinated through ambush. Has the, has the White House, in fact, sent any? Maybe they have and I missed it, but have they sent any representatives to any of these law enforcement funerals? I'm not claiming that they, that there should not be an attendance of a White House rep. I mean, of all people, I, frankly, if I'm, I'm like, you're going to send Kamala, are you serious? Was she going to talk about school buses again? The last, we're going to have the cackling hen come to a funeral. It, this woman says more inappropriate things sometimes than Joe Biden does, but nonetheless. The, the, the narrative that unfortunately continues to be pushed for the purposes of pitting Americans against one another, is that when it comes to one category of people, that, you know, they have to fear another one and not the other way around based off of killings, right? So the idea here is, well, we need to show up and highlight this funeral of this individual who died at the hands of law enforcement and really highlight this as law. We have a problem in law enforcement, but when you have a massively disproportionate high number of police officers that are killed at the hands of people who live in the inner city, there's no attendance of funerals. There's no highlighting of the inner city communities and the fact that there is a problem there, some form of systemic or cultural problem that leads to the targeting of police officers. Why does it only go one way? Why is there why is the only interest flow one way? That door only swings one way. Now you and I know the answer to this and it's unfortunate and it's sad. People in power, particularly with this White House, have picked winners and losers, have picked bad guys and good guys, and they divide us as Americans. And you have to be the right kind of victim. And you have to be the right kind of perpetrator. So the only worthwhile death is one of a person who falls into a certain category that they can show up at funerals, that they can give speeches, that they can use as a, a, a uh, launching pad to push specific legislation. Same thing goes for perpetrators. We see it all the time. Every, you know, every time there's some sort of shooting, it's got to be, you know, first thing, it, it must be some right wing individual uh, that is a Trump supporter. And when that turns out not to be the case, well, it's got it's it's uh, 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 the fault of people who uh, believe in the Second Amendment. So we got, you know, got to change the gun law. So the, the perpetrator has to be the right perpetrator. The victim has to be the right victim. Otherwise, it gets ignored and dismissed. 
If you are the president of the United States, if you are any person in leadership, you ought to be representing everyone. Not picking and choosing which victims to represent based off of classifications that have been predetermined. That's not leadership. That's dividing. That's pitting people against one another. That is creating further hatred, creating further divisions. That's how you create divisions. This isn't some new concept. It's not some new philosophy or theory. It's human nature. And there are certain behaviors that help heal. We hear so much about healing and bringing people together. And then there are certain behaviors that split people apart and and create friction, create tribes. And there's an interesting characteristic that many of you probably have noticed, and if not, pay attention, that you will see that those who seek to divide and pit people against one another, creating further conflict, masquerade themselves as doing the opposite. They, they masquerade themselves as trying to bring people together when, in fact, whatever their intent may be, the results are the opposite. Whether this is mass looting or burning down storefronts or implementing critical race theory in the military or schools, the people who claim this this mantle this this virtuous position of we're the ones that we just want oh, diversity and unity and everyone coming together their results are the opposite the total opposite i happen to believe it's deliberate i do not believe that they're naive to this fact this is how they retain power They divide people, pit them against one another, and then tell what they believe when they do the math is a, uh, a, a, a the, the majority of people collectively, they, they tell them, sell them on the idea, hey, there are enemies out to get you. I'm the one who can protect you. That's why you need me in power, whether it's by race, sexual orientation, or economic status. You just listen to them. Virtually every speech that is given by leaders on the left is telling one group of people how bad another group of Americans are. Whether it's demonizing people in the oil industry, demonizing Christians, demonizing white people, quote, white privilege, demonizing the wealthy, demonizing the successful, demonizing parents who simply, you know, want to raise their own kids instead of having government do it. I mean, for Pete's sake, we have a president that backdropped in red lighting, called Americans that didn't vote for him semi-fascist. You know, it's one of the profound differences, I think, in terms of relationship with the American people between Donald Trump and and Biden. If you remember when Donald Trump, Donald Trump and, and most of the elites Remember the fit that they pitched at his inauguration? It was so divisive, so divisive. 
They just go, oh, it's the most divisive inauguration. Oh, here was his opportunity to bring people together. He's being divisive. But every, he didn't even note individuals. But the, the division that he noted was between elites and government and all of the American people. So he was like, okay, all of us, America, 300 million plus individuals, we are all in this together sort of thing. And those who are in government, the government people who have been working against you, they're on notice that this is, you know, not going to continue. Criticisms that, that Trump, the the uh, the nailing of people, the going after people, it's always the elite elected officials or those in the media. It's not groups of Americans. Whether it's deplorables delivered by Hillary Clinton or semi-fascists delivered by Biden or privileged white people or parents, or again, you just pick the category, one percenters. The enemy, according to Democrats, is always your neighbor. It's always your mother. It's always your father. It's always your, uh, you know, churchgoers, your, your fellow friends. I mean, hell, these are people who set up hotlines so you can report on one another. That's not leadership. That doesn't bring people together. The opposite occurs. Some would even argue that the it's straight up evil to behave that way. Jason Ryman with the latest news update. The Springfield Cardinals plan to make an announcement later today on the future of Hammonds Field. Fans are invited to that press conference, which starts at 3 Springfield businessman John Q. Hammonds funded the park, which opened in 2004. The Cardinals moved into it in 2005. Roads still partially to totally covered this morning in areas along and south of Highway 60. More light snow is possible later tonight in Springfield, with freezing rain possible in Branson and West Plains. Temperatures will be in the 40s by tomorrow and the 50s by Sunday. A bill in the Missouri House would prohibit eviction moratoriums similar to those that happened during covid the bill's sponsor is aimed, uh, says it's aimed at preventing local governments from uh, enacting eviction moratoriums unless authorized by state law. But St. Louis County Democrat Rachel Prouty says she's concerned about how that bill would impact renters who can't work during times like the pandemic. I still think that we're missing a chunk of holding government to account, and it's manifesting in this bill on the tenants. That sound from Missouri News Network. And a federal agency is proposing nearly $200,000 in fines against a Kansas City-based company after a technician died last year after being electrocuted at a construction site. That apprentice was electrocuted in August after contacting Energized Parts while clearing a chiller unit at University Academy in Kansas City. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk. First alert forecast, partly sunny, 35 today, 24 tonight, partly sunny, 44 tomorrow, sunny 39 on Friday, 48 on Saturday. I think it was, uh, gosh, maybe a year ago or so, my sister was in the running to be 
cover girl for Inked Magazine, and she came in second place, I think, and actually was was in it in, in a spread. Uh, she did a tremendous job, and a lot of that was largely thanks to you all, because I was using this platform to, uh, to promote her efforts and uh, something that is potentially equally as important. Uh, Sarah's brother uh, is uh, needing a little bit of help when it comes to, I don't know, it's not tattoos or anything important <laughs> like that, but uh, fundraising for something I don't know. Yeah, so I wanted to mention a fundraising campaign that is happening in the northern part of the state that my brother's involved in. So a little background on my brother, Ian. He has been a police officer for over 13 years now in Maryville, Missouri. If you're not familiar where Maryville is, that's past uh, Kansas City, past St. Joe, right up there in that northern part of the state. Uh, My brother, Ian, he is one of those people who truly has a heart of gold. Now, he currently works as the school resource officer at the Maryville Public Schools. And as an officer... He's seen both terrific and horrific things, as you can imagine, uh, both in that public spotlight and as his time uh, working inside the school. So this year he has decided to step up and he is an ambassador for an area nonprofit that's called the St. Francis Foundation. Now, the St. Francis Foundation, they help benefit the local hospital in Maryville in a variety of ways. The past several years, they've dedicated their cause to improving mental health resources in the area. My brother, he decided to work with this nonprofit because he has seen firsthand that resources are just simply lacking in his area. Now, the St. Francis Foundation, they are hosting a gala on February 18th, and he has until then to raise funds. I'm going to be totally honest with you. His campaign could use a little bit of help. Uh, So if you would feel inclined to donate, I would really appreciate it. And I know that he would, too. So I'm going to share that donation link uh, on our Facebook Live and in our must read headlines at KSGF.com. But not only am I going to share that donation link, but he also did a video with the St. Francis Foundation where he talks about mental health and just some things that he's seen in the in the school and uh, things that he's seen in his everyday beat. So once again, you don't have to donate, but if you feel inclined, I'd really appreciate it. So all that stuff's going to be up at KSGF.com. Reparations is something that uh, people on the left have talked about for some time. Specifically for people who are black in the United States. And the idea is that it's somehow that um, people who are black in America today, even individuals that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, they are owed money from from white people, essentially, uh, who have absolutely nothing to do with slavery. Uh, some of which are actually the descendants of people who died to free the slaves, but still they owe money to uh, black people because of slavery. Now, the idea is that part of the reason they're owed this money is because they, because the, their descendants of slaves have not had the same opportunities, uh, and they've been denied what otherwise would have been these random dollar amounts they pick. So theoretically, at one point, for example, out there in California, they came up with some number, $230,000, that if it were not for slavery, then black people on average in the United States would evidently have 230000 more dollars uh, today than they do. One of the characteristics of hysterical people on the left, and by that I mean emotionally driven people that are not attached to reality or logic, is that there's ne- it's never enough. 
There's never enough. And so that hysterically went to $5 million. Well, now $5 million, according to San Francisco, one San Francisco official, $5 million is not enough. $5 million. Not enough. Supervisor Shaman Walton told National Review that the $5 million number, which the San Francisco African American Reparations Advisory Council said would remedy previous discrimination against black residents, is, quote, much less than a lot of the projections that people say black people should receive for reparations here in the United States. I like his standard here. It's less than some people say it should be. Oh, as if the original dollar amounts weren't grounded in science uh, uh, enough. Uh, his, his approach seems to be much more solid. Well, if you go on the Internet, you'll find people who say it should be more. In fact, he says, quote, you can Google a lot of the reparations work that has been done and look at the monetary formulas that people have put together. And most certainly the five million dollars is a very minuscule number compared to a lot of research that has been done over the past couple of decades, quite frankly. So what he is minuscule to I mean, that's much, much less than half. Right. To me, I think minuscule one percent, maybe. So just ballparking based on the fact that he thinks five million dollars is minuscule. Let's say that let's just say a hundred million would be a a projection based on his assessment that five million is minuscule. So a hundred million dollars for black people. Now, there are, uh, according to the committee proposing the reparations, some criteria, uh, requirements would include having been born or migrated to the city between 1940 and 1996, proof of residency for 13 years, and being a descendant of a slave in the U.S. before 1865. should be noted that California was not even a state when slavery was illegal. One, I don't know if this has been addressed. What if a person is half black and half white? And I'm not being facetious here. Does that qualify? And if that does qualify, what if they're a quarter black? What if they're one-eighth black? Where is the line drawn? Also, why is it somebody that has to have migrated to the city between 1940 and 1996? Why is it that a black person who came to San Francisco in 1997 uh, isn't worth the hundred million dollars, uh, but somebody who migrated there the day before on December 31st, 1996 is. You know what? I'm at the point, quite frankly, where almost out of curiosity, I'm like, just do it. Go ahead. Do it. Now, one caveat is you don't get any federal dollars to bail you out. This is a decision that you all made. But I would just love to see what happened. What do you think would happen to San Francisco if you took a segment of the population, whatever that segment is, and handed them, let's go with the conservative number of five, just gave them $5 million for doing nothing whatsoever. What do you think is going to happen? I would just love to watch that brilliant experiment play out. I recognize it would be for my own enjoyment And it would not serve as 
an educational learning moment for the people who push such absurd ideas, because these are individuals that have been pushing their absurd ideas in these Democrat run cities for generation after generation, running the places into the ground to where they are in certain areas, indistinguishable, literally indistinguishable from third world countries, and they don't learn those lessons. But you know what? Go ahead. Use your own taxpayers, use your own tax dollars, and hand out $5 million to every person based on their skin color, and let's just watch how, how, uh, how that plays out. Springfield's Talk 104.1, I'm Nick Reed. Springfield's Talk 1041 is always just an app away. Download the KSGF app and listen live or catch what you missed on KSGF Mornings with Nick. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Tom Brady announcing his uh, real retirement. I do like <laughs> the way that he did it. Uh, he, he was basically like, listen, I'm going to get the point right away. I, I'm done. I'm retiring. And he noted that you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So he's like, I'm just telling you, yeah, I'm done. This is you know, going to be it. Said thank you guys much, every single one of you supporting me, my family, friends, teammates, competitors. Uh, I can go on forever. There's too many. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. So pretty short, sweet. Uh, Tom Brady announcing that announcement. We got a happy hour coming up on Friday at Retro Metro. Please come out, join us. The uh, last happy hour that we had, which was uh, the first Friday in January, it was. A blast. It was just so great. Had a buzz about it. Like-minded people getting together, uh, having a great time, having great conversation. And it is probably one of the you know most enjoyable social settings uh, that you're going to have an opportunity to participate in, particularly if, if you like to be around people. You can have open conversations if you want and not have to worry about somebody uh, crying or being triggered or finding you on social media and blasting you to your boss. You can, it, It's... It's a little bubble of what America once upon a time was as a whole. These places still do exist. And that will be Retro Metro Friday 4 to 6 for our happy hour. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Partless sunny on high 35 today. Slight chance of snow tonight, 24. Partly sunny, 44 tomorrow, 39 on Friday. Uh, we're going to get to 48 Saturday, 56 on Sunday. Don Carricker, I want a great home loan.com. Before you even start looking at homes, you need to make sure you got that home loan secured. Uh, it's very important, okay? Uh, you got an open house and you go to it. While the market is not as absolutely burning hot as it was this time last year, things still can move pretty quickly. You got that open house on a Sunday and you go and it's perfect. You love it. You honestly weren't really planning on buying a new home, but your wife is like, this is incredible. We have to get this home. And you tell them, all right, what do you, we're, we're going to match your offer. All right. This is, this is great. Uh, and they say, okay. And you're like, I just don't, don't worry. I know I got good credit score. I got all everything. I'm not going to have any trouble at all, uh, getting pre-approved for a loan. Uh, so Monday I'll, I'll start that process. And somebody comes in an hour later, same thing, but they already have that pre-approval letter. 
The homeowner is not going to say, oh, sorry, there's somebody else who who's, who doesn't have that yet. Uh, I don't know. They, they, they pinky swear that they'll be able to get it. Uh, so, sorry, knowing full well that that person, you know, even if they say, we'll call you if it falls through, that that person may have found a new home by then. Some other home. They're, they're not going to do that. you got to have that pre-approval letter, and it all starts at IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com because you do. A couple of messages on the American Transmissions talk and text line regarding the claim now that $5 million reparations for black people in San Francisco is not enough. That's a minuscule amount, according to uh, one uh, uh, elected official or supervisor there, uh, and it should be much, much higher. Uh, one noting, if I lived in San Francisco and got $5 million, first thing I would do is pack up and move away. A lot of people would do that. Of course, California would track you down and take some of it back as they continue their push to take wealth from people even who once upon a time lived in California but have moved out. I love to play things forward. I love to, based on human behavior, to think, okay, what's going to happen if you take people? Just people. In this case, they're talking about black people, but just any group of people who have not earned $5 million and give them $5 million. I can tell you right now, a certain portion of those people will be dead within a year. Have you, there there is an entire series based off of lottery winners whose lives spiraled downhill. Many of them being murdered, many of them, you know, killing themselves, Many of them dying from the excesses of what their money gave them access to. And here's the thing about money that I've always firmly believed, generally speaking. Money simply enhances the personality traits that a person already exhibits. If you are a person who makes $28,000 a year and you budget and you save and you live within your means, and everything is about saving and planning for tomorrow, and you are just as smart as you can possibly be, and you come in to $5 million, you are going to be the same way with that money. If you are somebody who lives paycheck to paycheck because of the decisions that you make, You're somebody that payday is a big, exciting day because that means that you can go out and spend money in a way that you're not able to every subsequent day until the next payday. If you are somebody who takes some of your paycheck and you use it on vices, gambling, alcohol, drugs, and you come into $5 million, you are going to enhance those personality traits. All you're doing is giving you more ability, or you're, giving, you're, you're being given the ability to do much, 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 much more of those things. If you are a charitable person on a limited income, you are going to become a much more charitable person with $5 million. You take people who live in San Francisco... Let's just look at who is it that I uh, you just imagine the way that people on the left think because they don't apply logic that that the most wonderful outcomes will be the people who are downtrodden, the people who are homeless, that that's that's going to be the the, the greatest storyline of the reparations ever wrong. 
Most of those people, I don't want to say most. Very, 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 very few of those people will be success stories. The fact of the matter is we live in a day and a time where most people who are homeless are homeless by choice. Perhaps not all, but most are. And most have substance abuse problems. Giving those individuals five million, what do you think they're going to do with five million dollars? It, it'll, it will, they will expire before the money does. I imagine also, I, I just think you're going to have somebody that's like, well, I'm just going to. All right. I live in San Francisco. I'm a normal person. I own a little mom and pop restaurant. And already things are very, very difficult because of the high taxes, the regulations, the inflation that the Democrat policies have put in place. But I'm just thinking to myself, you know, it's just day to day and it is a hassle to move and I'm trying to survive. And then people based on skin color are getting five million dollars each. And and you know that a lot of those people, they're just going to look for stuff to do with the money. And somebody's going to come along and say, I'll buy this business from you. I'm out. Done. It's yours. Do you know what is going to happen to a business that is purchased by somebody who is given money? In other words, there's no sweat equity in it whatsoever. None. If you buy a business or start a business with a million dollars of money that you earned, you are going to do everything you can to make sure that that business is run. You want it to, because that's a million of your hard-earned dollars. You're just given a million bucks or given five million bucks, and you just, oh, I'm going to buy a business. And you've got no equity in it. You've got no sweat in it. The $5 million doesn't represent any work that you have done. There's no meaning there. You know what would happen with all of those, how poorly they'd be run? They'd be shut down in six months. I really would. I'm telling you in all genuineness. It would be a very interesting thing to play out. Not because I don't know how it would end. It would just be how great would the train wreck be? The, 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 the catastrophe. How large would the catastrophe be? You give people, in this case, they're talking about reparations, so black people, $5 million for doing nothing whatsoever, and let's just watch what happens. And by the way, I'm not saying that it would be a disaster because they're black, but because you're talking about giving people $5 million who did not earn the $5 million. That's why. The, the color component is irrelevant to the outcome. One of the other messages coming in, noting that if it hadn't been for slavery, most uh, would not be descendants in this country. They'd still be in Africa. And what would their standard of life be then? Now, this is actually, if we want to talk about reparations, logically, the idea behind reparations as it is explained is that because of slavery, black people in this country started well behind the, the starting line, right? As opposed to non-slaves. They, 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 so they were set way, way, way back. And so the declaration is that descendants of, it's almost like a relay race. That, um, you know, well, the, their generation and the following, and even though the, the, the slaves 
became illegal. Slavery became illegal. Uh, there was still segregation. And even though we've overcome all these things, it's like a relay race. And so my kids were left behind further and then their kids and so forth and so forth. So we're never able to catch up. And this is the financial gap that exists. Had The, the premise is, had there not been slavery, this is where we would be. But to the point of the person texting in, had there not been slavery, then they would not be here at all. And so what you have to look at, if you're going to to do a mathematical formula based on um, how things would have been for somebody in this country versus how they would have been if slavery did not exist, then you can't look at what their life in America would be like had slavery not existed because they would not be here. They would still be in Africa. So you have to look at standard of living in Africa. So Congo, for example, or one of the other uh, African nations in which uh, we, we got a large number of slaves that were enslaved by, incidentally, the people in their own country and sold to us as a country or as people in this country. If, if you're going to have an accurate formula and you're going to measure the gap between the amount of revenue or wealth a black person has in this country given that we had slavery versus the amount of wealth that they would have given that we if we did not have slavery then you have to look at the the state of the quality of life of people who are in the country of origin And I got to tell you, it ain't that great. In fact, what we would find is that if we are going to try and as best as possible, utilize government as a tool to reset the quality of life for people in this country who are black, if slavery never existed in this country, they would be going backwards, not forwards. The quality of life would be diminished, not enhanced. Ultimately, this is done in order to buy votes. And there is absolutely nothing about this sort of formula that improves ultimately overall the quality of life of anybody. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Hey, one custom car care, all of your car care needs. I make a part of your routine. A lot of folks I recognize, you take your car, and oil change, that's pretty much the standard visit uh, that, uh, that most people place, and you do it someplace that is convenient, someplace that is close to your work, someplace that is close to home, uh, someplace that is, is going to be convenient. Because the way you look at it is, ah, what difference does it make where I get the oil? It's just an oil change, right? It can make a big difference. In fact, one of the things I learned years ago about A1 Custom Car Care, there are people that actually travel outside of, from outside the Springfield area, to go to A1 Custom Car Care because of the level of trust and the thoroughness and the, 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 the getting to know your vehicle. There is a tremendous amount of benefit in having your vehicle taken in, and I've experienced this, and there's some sort of problem, and the people who are going to be looking at it are the people who looked at it you know, two years ago when there was some other. They know the history of the vehicle because here's the thing that most of you recognize that the amount of time they spend on your vehicle 
drastically can increase the cost because of labor. And so if they already know the history, if they're familiar with your vehicle, it takes less time oftentimes to figure out what's going on, which can save you money. I'm just telling you, I've done it for over a decade. I recommend you do the same A1 custom car care for all of your vehicle needs. The Democrats are apparently pushing to go back to their roots of racism and Jim Crow laws. Democrats, some are, well, it's, it's up in the air still at this point, but you have Southern Democrats in particular that are lobbying to have the Democratic National Convention in 2024 in the state of Georgia, Atlanta. This is the state that we have been told people should boycott because Jim Crow 2.0 or Jim Eagle, as the president has said. Major League Baseball did tremendous economic damage to black business owners by pulling out because it did not share their values. Coca-Cola talked about how Georgia did not share their values. Delta Airlines, you can go on and on. All of these corporations that align themselves with the left-wingers in this country, and that's the standard line we always hear about. It doesn't align with our values. The Jim Crow laws, the segregation, the overt racism of trying to prevent black people from voting does not align with our values. And so the, the suggestion is that if you dare... Do business in the state of Georgia. Now that those Jim Crow laws were signed into law by Governor Kemp, then your values are one of racism, Jim Crow, Jim Eagle, and segregation. And here the Democrats are talking about putting their convention there. How do you justify that? I think that, uh, you know, again, these are just suggestions. Uh, maybe the news leader. Should talk with the leader of the Democrat Party in the state of Missouri. That'd be Crystal Quaid. She represents an area right here in, in Springfield. Surely she must have something to say about the fact that her party. Her party is talking about. Highlighting and benefiting a state that is so racist. Particularly given the fact that Crystal Quaid herself Hired a high-powered uh, high attorney out of St. Louis, all for the purpose of kicking a black man off the ballot. I mean, it seems, I'm curious what she thinks about it. I'm curious what any Democrat thinks. These high and mighty, lying piece of trash virtue signalers that on any given day will tell and encourage and celebrate corporations punishing the people of a state, by pulling out economic infusion, and when it comes to the city of Atlanta, disproportionately punishing black people, all because it doesn't align with our values. We can't support a state that has Jim Crow laws in it, and then we'll turn around when they think that it's going to benefit them. See, here's the thing. Politically, they see Georgia as a state that they think that they can turn blue. They, it's it's law. It's been a, a stronghold of red, and with the results of recent U.S. Senate elections, with Senator Slumlord Warnock in there, uh, you know they believe that they can turn it purple or they can turn it uh, uh, blue from purple to blue, and so they see a benefit to it now. 
Isn't it interesting also that at a time when they're claiming that Georgia is becoming more racist, it's a time that they see things going their way. Isn't that interesting? Returning to their roots. So I'm sure that the editorial board at the news leader or one of their brilliant political uh, journalists over there will get right on the horn with Crystal Quaid, given her history of trying to throw black people off the ballot, and ask what her comments are that her party is gunning to put their national convention infusing millions and millions of dollars into the most racist state, according to the Democrats, we have in the union. And what that says to to Americans and what that says to the black community. I'm sure that'll be in tomorrow's paper. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Hey, don't forget all your Florida needs, Florida's Plus. These are great guys over there. They do a fantastic job culturally. I don't know why I feel like this is important, but culturally, they just really connect, I think, with most of you. Uh, Got to try to get them out to our happy hour. Maybe I can talk some of them into coming out for that. Floors Plus, all your flooring needs. Nick's and Springfield. Simple process. Step of three. They measure, you pick out the flooring, set up a time, they install. It's as easy as that. Floors Plus under Nick's endorsements, ksgf.com. Back to 